Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Alexis the midwife. And I'm Becky the doula. Welcome to Notes from the Mother Box, where we will be having real and frank conversations about the highs and lows of the parenting journey. This week, we'll be taking a closer look at pregnancy and birth during the pandemic and sharing another positive birth story with you. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us over on Instagram. We are delighted that we have a fantastic partnership this season with Sophie the Giraffe, especially because this year is Sophie's 60th birthday. And we have some exciting things lined up in Sophie's honour across this season, including a special birthday celebration episode. Now, Becky, I've read that how Sophie is made is a closely guarded secret. Yeah, it's all very mysterious, isn't it? The company in France who makes Sophie has kept it so close to their chest for 60 years now. But I do know that she is produced traditionally and they don't use any high-tech machines. If you want to see the full range of Sophie Le Giraffe products, head over to sophielegiraffe.co.uk. So pop the kettle on, pour yourself a cuppa, get comfy and enjoy this week's episode of Notes from the Mother Box. This week we are so grateful to have Charlie come and join us and talk to us about her pregnancy, induction, birth and life of the newborn during the pandemic. Charlie is a TV makeup artist, mum to a gorgeous little girl and little sister to Lex. Woo! (laughs) VIP. The VIP's in the house. My only sip has joined us for the show. Hello, ladies. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. No worries. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's start, Charlie, by talking about, so you were pregnant all through the pandemic. What preparation were you able to do for birth? Because we know that there were so many restrictions with all classes and you know, all the things that you would usually do to get ready. Yeah, I mean, it, it was bonkers. So just as we came into the pandemic, really, I, I just hit 12 weeks. So it really mm. was the, the duration of, of the pregnancy. And I actually had friends of mine that were also giving birth around that time as well. So it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty mad time. But preparation wise, I'm, I'm lucky that I know you two, really. I mean, this is going to be a big... Big sell on YouTube because obviously Lex, you run Bump and Baby as an instructor for them, and you know you obviously do hypnobirthing as well. Mm. So we did both of those things, which was great, really, because I think it's only when you start you do those courses and you realise how how little you actually know. And I think mm. 
I started reading some of the books that people tell you to, you know, that you should read and things. And actually, they can be really helpful to some people. But for me, it really brought on a bit of anxiety and panic mm-hmm. um, yeah. when I was. They kind can of be a bit overwhelming, can't they? I think sometimes they're the, the kind of bigger manually books. I think sometimes yeah. it's got, they've got so much information that almost like for me I just kept putting them on the shelf and not reading them because they made me feel a bit overwhelmed yeah Mm. yeah it's exactly that and I think they've got some really you know important information and for some people that's going to really resonate Mm. with them but for me I'd pick one up and I'd start to read a chapter even though it was really positive I would find my heart beating a bit quicker and (laughs) as I was reading other people's testimonials maybe I wasn't quite ready to to hear it I think there's a time that there is a certain point where you are ready and for yeah. me at that point I wasn't so it was really good to actually go on a course and meet some different people and I wasn't actually I wasn't going to do at the bump and baby I think I'd said to Lex oh uh, you know I, I'm yeah. not sure about doing this whole whether you're doing NCT or bump and baby or whatever it is online I'm not sure about doing it on zoom mm-hmm. um, I don't know how it's going to yeah. you know transfer onto that and the whole point is to kind of meet some people going through similar things but actually it's been really great to meet those couples uh, even yeah. though we obviously haven't like properly all met in the flesh um but actually just we all started a whatsapp group and everyone was talking and and actually it just showed that you know everyone just wanted to come together at that time everyone yeah. was in the same boat all the couples were yeah. feeling the same thing and actually ongoing there's still a whatsapp group you know and happening and obviously becky i came to see you for some amazing um prenatal massages as well Yay. that massively helped and postnatally which has been incredible because it's so pregnancy is just so physical on the body isn't it mm. from, from mm-hmm. your hips and glutes and your rib cage yeah. moving and everything like that so that was amazing not just not actually just for for my body but for my mind as well just to to relax yeah. me into it and never, if I was ever, ever having a moment where I just needed a bit of a release and and a calm that was definitely it and I and I think that we spoke so much through our sessions didn't we I was that annoying person that spoke the whole duration hour and a half of the massage just like no. oh, what about I'm this? like that <laughs> <laughs> but I think actually a lot of my pre and postnatal clients say that it's not it isn't just a massage and actually it isn't you know the, the fact is that you know Lex and I have worked with women for so long that we obviously have so much experience that it's nice to actually talk through and you know while while we're massaging we can kind of talk through stuff and actually I think that helps you to relax as well because you're sort of coming mm. you know you're getting all your ideas and you're having thoughts about what you want to do and I think that's just as important part of the treatment actually. For me, I felt like it was invaluable. I mean, yeah. I mm. I love having massages. I know some people, you know, that for them, it's not for them. But for me, I absolutely love it. And it really, I mean, it massively helped um, through my pregnancy process. And I, I, I couldn't rate it enough as being yeah. a real physical thing. And at that time, mm. obviously, I mean, there is a certain uh, touch element to it of comfort, you know. And I think yeah. also if we actually think about it during the pandemic, you, you couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. you couldn't have that side. And I think there was yeah. a real nurturing side to it that felt real sense of comfort. And I know, yeah. Becky, you said that, you, you know, you've had uh, had ladies also have, you know, a release of emotion and crying and, and all kinds yeah. of things happen in that space. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, that was massively important for my yeah. own mental health and and just, yeah, physical relaxation, I guess. Well, I think the um, the workshops, like the, the, the antenatal classes and the massage and anything that you do just 
gives you some sort of scheduled space to process doesn't it because otherwise life is so busy we could reach our due date without having done anything to get ourselves ready and I think it's important to have that stuff in place that's like a dedicated time to focus on you know how are you feeling what's going on you know are you feeling ready what kind of birth you're sort of planning for even though we know we can't plan it really (laughs) it's kind of but you know just getting ready basically and I think it's been amazing how with the antenatal classes how Zoom has worked actually because I when it all first started mm. and Lecky said she was having to go online I was thinking the same like how are you going to do that but it's been amazing hasn't oh, it, it, mo- it managed to move over really quickly and I have to say and Becky will vouch for me on this one we are both complete technophobes we are mm. useless on computers and I'm not ashamed to say that so I was <laughs> wondering how I was going to get Zoom up and running and be able to use it to make the classes interesting and fun and get people to be able to build rapport with each other and relationships but very very luckily it turned out that our bump and baby club classes translated quite well online and we were able to still use a lot of the elements and we used the breakout rooms and we had you know able to get the couples to go into smaller groups and get to know each other a little bit and I set them a task or an activity but really I wanted them to have a chinwag and a bit of a goss with each other and get to know each other a bit with the hopes that at some point when the restrictions were lifted they'd be able to get together go out for a walk have a coffee together things like that and obviously this year's just since March 2020 it's been such a roller coaster and there've been there've been periods little windows of opportunity where you are allowed so to speak to meet up with more people i know charlie there was one point where you were able to go out with like six of the group in one uh, last summer i think it was like together and go and get a coffee and then restrictions came back in again and you weren't allowed to do that anymore so there've been these little windows but i also think taking antenatal classes when you're having a baby can be so invaluable because even if you have friends who've also got little ones and they might be a six-month-old, a one-year-old, an 18-month-old, there is nothing like going through an experience in real time with parents who are, you know, at the same point that you're at. They've got a baby that's within a couple of months of the age of your baby. They are awake at four o'clock in the morning and two o'clock and 11 o'clock at night and they are going through the highs and the lows in motion with you and so they understand it whereas I think if you're talking to a mum who's got a one-year-old you know they've already moved on to the next level and they're thinking about all the highs and lows of that period of time yeah so I don't know if you find that Charlie like sometimes having friends who've got babies of a very similar age can be really quite it can be quite comforting just to know and validating actually that people are going through something similar yeah massively I really do I think I think it's been great um, to have that level of support of everyone that is literally kind of going through what Mm. you're going through. And there is, you know, it's obviously like the build up to it it with pregnancy is, is massive, but then you know the 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 fourth trimester and the the postnatal stage is also so huge and so so often not spoken about that you Mm. find yourself you are you know you are going to these groups Mm. and you're questioning things and whether it be you know baby rashes that you know can be Mm -hmm. just as their bodies the little bodies are adapting to the air and fabric around them Mm. to I mean to anything to sleepless nights to to physically what the women are kind of in their recovery and how everyone's doing yeah Um, so yeah I think I think it is massively important so at some point during your pregnancy you started to toy with the idea of a home birth didn't you and you were wondering (laughs) whether that might be something for you. Now, interestingly, down in Brighton and Hove, we have incredibly high home birth rates. We do have, 
I think about it, Becky, it's like one to two um, in 10, isn't it? It's at, compared to the, I think the rest of the country yeah. is about one in a hundred, something along those yeah. lines. I think we've got really yeah, ours high is, rates. Ours is we? really, really high. And also what we do really well here is um, it's quite a sort of fluid option. So you can, you can say, I th- I'd like to start at home and then see mm-hmm. how I go. So it kind of makes people who are a little bit on the fence, uh, gives them the option to kind of start at home. And then if they want to transfer in, they can. But often if things are going well at home, you don't want to. So um, whereas in some of the trusts I work with in London, it was you had to choose one or the other. You couldn't sort of keep it mm. open like that. What was your thinking around that, Charlie? What were you, what was going through your mind well, at the time? You know, I, I really didn't know for a really long time what I fancied doing, mm. how, how where I wanted to give birth, uh, I, the, the whole um, subject matter I kind of put to the back of my brain for quite a while. And I think initially I had just thought, oh, I'm, go- I'm going into hospital, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. And then, um, you know, listening to various people's stories. And then obviously with the pandemic and things were changing in hospitals all the time. And yeah. so when I had spoken to midwives and to, to both of you and to friends of mine, it seemed like there were a lot more, you know, it was it was basically, mm. you can either limit yourself to the hospital or you can put yourself down for a home birth. And if you end up transferring into hospital, that's okay too. So I think that that had guided mm. me really to, to the process. And um yeah, I, I wasn't hundred percent sure. And then when when obviously they'd started making it so I think also not having Pete there with me initially had mm. also frightened me a bit, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think the you know, I'd heard of friends of mine going in and having to leave their partners at the door, uh, so to speak, for the first part of, of their, their labour or, or or if they were being induced. And it had scared me a bit. So it almost allowed me to kind of gain some level of control back. Yeah. Yeah. To, to basically to make that choice to have have the baby at home. Mm. I thought, well, if I need to go into hospital, I'll go into hospital. But at least I've got more mm. control over when I go in and whether Pete can be with me. And, you know, and also just I'd heard lovely things about being in your own environment and how that can make your, you know, make your labor um you know, I don't know, go faster or, or better. Or I, I'm not entirely sure, but I, it, you know. And we were lucky. We were lucky as well, actually, down in Brighton because Brighton and Hove and this this part of Sussex, because um, throughout last year, when a lot of the protocols and the guidances were changing, where a lot of the hospitals were needing to stop home births being offered for periods of time because of the ambulance service being so pushed, we were able to still carry on down here, which was really, really fortuitous. And then mm. in January, because of the rates again, that stopped for a month down here or so. And then it came back in again that they were putting home births back on the table. So it, you're right, Charlie, it's been it's been the strangest old year because I remember talking to groups last year that I was teaching. And normally the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists change their protocols and their guidances, you know, sometimes every few years even, like it's not... It's not always uh, super regular. And they were changing their guidance and protocols two or three times in a week at one period. So it was like it was like times that we've never experienced before. So that is, you know, absolutely was the case for sure. I had a lovely midwife called Sally Burrows, who um, who was really, really lovely and really supportive throughout all of my um, appointments. And she kind of she really expressed that. Um, it was a lovely home birth team down here, kind of what you were saying, Becky, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just giving me the confidence really to go to go that route, and also to be confident if I needed to change mm. my mind. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. We have a lot of choice in Brighton, don't we? I mean, I know obviously restrictions have, have scuppered that slightly, but generally as birthing goes, I feel like we have we have some amazing choices here and um, mm. the the home birth team are literally like doulas, you know, most, and actually even the ward-based, most of them are trained in aromatherapy oils, loads of them do massage. And so, yeah, I'm, I just feel like we're so well looked after in Brighton. We are looked after. And, but I, what I will say is that there are many variables of birth. Yeah. And <laughs> in the end, Charlie's birth took a slightly different pathway to the one that she was imagining. And Charlie, can you tell us a little bit more? Because of course you did end up having an induction, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. It was week 39 for me and my waters broke on the Monday. Uh, I'd woken up in the middle of the night needing to uh, go to the toilet, I thought. And as I yeah. stood up, what appeared to be weed myself uh, <laughs> which wasn't the case a trickle yeah a trickle yeah it really did feel yeah. I was I was quite confused and I'd, I woke <laughs> I woke Pete up and I, I said to him I think I, something's happened something's <laughs> happened I'm not sure what's happened because um, I, I genuinely it was the middle of the night I was a bit confused as to yeah. what had happened so we called the um, maternity assessment unit he said to me, it sounds like your waters have broken mm-hmm. and we'll be sending one of the, because I'd opted for a home birth, they mm-hmm. would send around someone from the home team to check me in the morning, Amazing. which which happened. One of the ladies came round and they did an internal and uh, had had a little look to see if there was any mm-hmm. pooling of water, which there was. Lex, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about when yeah. I say of the pooling of water, because yeah, I didn't absolutely. know anything about that. Yeah. I said, how can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can you actually tell whether it is my waters or that I just haven't got so much pressure on my bladder that, you know, I've, I've done a wee. And uh, <laughs> she said, I can see all the pooling in yeah. your cervical area. So that happened and she just said relax you know pack all your bits that you might need um and just take it really easy really gentle go for Mm. a walk have some nice food but you know so we thought that was it at that point you know uh, that evening that obviously the night before we couldn't sleep very well because we thought it was going to happen any minute at that point yeah and then the days started to roll by and by Wednesday the labor still hadn't come come Mm -hmm. on at that point and so uh, I call, I was ad- asked, advised to call them in the morning, which I did. And they said they wanted me to come in. Yeah, absolutely. So you headed in, you were given your timings, you rocked up. And if I remember rightly, you weren't quite sure what to expect. And you, did, you didn't even have your coat with you. Is that right? It was something along those lines. Yeah, I think I really, in my head by that point, had thought I was going to still have the baby at home. Yeah. I've been told, I think at that point, where do they say how many hours you can wait from when your waters break to to when your labour should come on and the risk of infection? Essentially, yep. yes. that was and all stuff that I didn't really know, you know mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm honest. At that point, uh, I came in, there was a two and a half hour wait at Brighton for the car park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no! That much. It's so <laughs> really? It's so a really <gasps> yeah. ridiculously... I didn't remember that bit yeah and so and at the time we thought well I'm going to come out Pete's going to go back home because he's not allowed in the hospital anyways I'll be taking myself up there so I kind of I left him in the car and I walked up to the uh, maternity assessment unit Mm -hmm. and uh, when I got up there I was met by one of the they were all very relaxed up there and I had to do a covid test yeah that was one of the first things I did I spoke to one of the the midwives up there who basically said we want you to kind of stay in and be checked and we want to monitor you for a little bit Mm. 
so I was taken to uh, an, another part of the ward at that point to be connected up to like the heart machines, check all the baby, that baby's heartbeat was okay. And at that point, I started to become clear that I probably wasn't going home. Right, yeah. <laughs> One of the ladies came around and said to me, it's been 36 hours now since since uh, your waters have broken. And it's not a case of if you're going, you could get an infection, but also uh, when. Mm-hmm. So eventually you'll get an infection and um, and it's just about cu- you know catching that and making sure that you're both safe. Yeah. And, and I think that was quite new to me to be honest. That like, all of this kind of felt a bit of a shock in a way because mm. I just wasn't I guess you ne- you're never expecting how it probably does go, but I certainly mm. wasn't expecting it to go that way. So yeah. at that point when they said you know essentially you will get an infection. It's just a matter of time. That's when I thought right we're staying in and and we're mm. we're going to go through this process. So yeah, a that bit was of, that. A bit really. of a curveball, a bit of a change in direction from yes. what you were sp- expecting. And so you gave Peter call and what what sort of a plan did they make with you in the hospital? What was the next steps? So the next step was to uh, start with the pessary. Yeah. And essentially, and they didn't really say after then. They just said, are you happy to start with the pessary, knowing what I then knew, what they'd explained to me. So it was all my choice. Um, and... I was happy to go forward with it. I did go forward. I had the pessary and I think at that point you could have visiting hours. So mm-hmm. Pete came back in the visiting hour and they said to me that it was, they were fine for me to go off and have a, uh, go on a, a walk, walk about just to see if anything occurred, but nothing yeah. was happening. And I just remember the lady next to me who was having her fourth baby came by, um, I mean, it would have been hours later at that point, maybe three or four hours later. And she said, Oh my goodness, you're you're handling this so well, and I and I was like, nothing's happening. It's not working. <laughs> it's not poker face. <laughs> yeah, not just super hardcore. Um, <laughs> did you go? Uh, what point, Charlie? Did you go for a walk around Brighton? I remember you saying you went out of the the hospital and you went for a little walk locally. That's it. And we went to a pub, which is yes. controversial, isn't it? Really? Because we hadn't we hadn't been to a pub the whole time. We'd uh, we we hadn't gone the whole time. And basically we'd walked we'd walked down towards Kemp Town and eventually ended up there was there was nowhere open. Um yeah. or there wasn't hardly anywhere open at that point. Uh, and we just said, should we just go to the pub and have a a glass of water and an orange juice? We were probably like the just the people that the pub uh, owners wanted to see after our whole lot of lockdown someone that's gonna have a free water and an orange juice um but yeah so we we went in there and kind of just took a took a beat took Mm. a moment to kind of really absorb what was about to happen yeah i think it had taken that long to to really yeah see how it was all panning out and review Mm. it at that moment because you still don't know at that time what's going to happen um so we walked back up to the hospital pete had to leave again and at that point they they said to me we'll be we'll one of the midwives came and spoke to me and she said we're going to um have to put you on the drip yeah essentially the drip the, the hormone drip the pessary's not working so we're going to go ahead with sinto yeah um mm-hmm. the, uh, the hormone drip and and at which point this will probably take place and they gave me their time and they said that i was to call pete and get him to come back in and they would explain the whole process thoroughly to us when mm-hmm. he'd come in so by Brilliant. that point, it, I think it was like nine, ten o'clock when I ended yes. up going up to the labour ward, and at that point, still no, no fit, no, uh, no contractions, <laughs> no feelings at that point. So it really was going to be a case of, you know, this is going to happen quite quickly. Yeah. Also, I was going to mention 
but before which always makes you laugh Lex that I I did have a moment uh, when I was waiting with the pestry waiting for it to work kind of absorbing the fact that the home birth was was going further and further away from me where uh, Pete had dropped off a bag and I devoured uh, a whole packet of kinder that's and, right uh, <laughs> and I was trying to find something on Netflix to watch that wasn't going to spike any kind of emotions and I ended up just watching Taylor Swift on tour <laughs> I mean, oh, it, was, it was very bizarre but um it seemed to be those two things seemed to keep yeah. me calm in that moment in time well actually often <laughs> what you do find is when you are in early labor or if you're in the early part of your induction because it can take a, a while and I think people are often quite surprised if they go in to be induced that it's it can take quite a while is just to kind of like have those normal moments amongst yeah. something that feels absolutely not like a normal life experience, a completely extraordinary experience, really. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We hope you're enjoying our chat with Charlie so far. But now for a little ad break, because Lex and I want to tell you some more about the fabulous Sophie Le Giraffe and why she's so popular with babies all around the world. From the age of three months, Sophie is designed to stimulate each of your little one's senses, the next of which is touch. Touch is the first means a baby has to communicate with the outside world. And you'll notice that Sophie feels soft, like baby's parent's skin. And that stimulates physiological and emotional responses in baby that soothes them and promotes healthy growth and well-being. And as the series goes on, we'll be going through all the other senses that make Sophie so special for your little ones, as if we needed more reasons to love her. But right now, let's get back to the second part of our brilliant chat with Charlie. So they, they took you to, to the yeah, room that you were going to be staying in. And, and what happened next? So my lovely midwives came down, Eleanor and a student uh, midwife called Lindsay. They, they, they came down to my ward, carried all, helped me carry all my stuff up, obviously. Um, took me to this, um, this room, which actually you know looked really lovely it was kind of a pinky purpley room they d- mm. dimmed all the lights down there that it was it was nighttime by that point so it was dark yeah. outside and uh in brighton it overlooks you overlook the pier and the sea and oh, you generally get i think good views from up there yeah. Yeah. um and i'd bought some i don't know one pound tea lights from sainsbury's i think mm. it was yeah. and yeah. uh popped the, um popped them out and i think someone previously before had left some tea lights too so it was all lit up like Amazing. monica and chandler's um engagement on friends you know (laughs) it was all lit up and dimly and it was calm pete had come in they took us through the process of what would happen with the sinto which you alex you probably would be able to explain or recall better than i can yeah yeah yeah. um i decided to have an epidural because i was aware at that point um i mean to be fair Mm. I'd spoken to you next. Yeah, no, totally. And we we talk about this, don't we, Becky? And oftentimes women will opt if they, if they're going to have an induction just with the pro-pess of the pessary, um, then they'll just see obviously how they respond to it and what happens. But often if women do end up having a syntocin on drip um, alongside that about to be commenced, they'll opt to have an epidural as well because it can feel quite intense because essentially you're asking the body to do something. It wasn't, preparing to do in that moment necessarily what do you think about that Becky 
Yeah, I agree. And you don't have a lot of the natural kind of opiate hormones aren't that high yet so when you have that latent phase you've got all those hormones are building aren't they and Mm -hmm. when you go in with Sinto they're not they're not at the same level as they would be so we do often say be gentle with yourself and also Charlie I remember we were chatting and like you'd already been awake you know you'd already been awake Mm. for for a couple of nights hadn't you by that Mm. point and kind of you know not and and you were going into another night and this is what can often happen when people have Sinto often it can happen after a couple of nights of maybe you know naggy hormones so we often and say you have to look at the whole picture and if you're tired you're going to be knackered aren't you Mm. so you have to kind of yeah I think it's about looking at all the bits and if you're very tired the adrenaline can obviously take over as well and and Mm. stop the oxytocin doing what it needs to do but Mm. obviously with the syntocin it's slightly different but for sure Mm. yeah exactly and also I'd I thought that water would play a big part of my pain relief I I mean Mm. at home I'd got a, a birth pool that I'd hired if I was to go into hospital, I thought I'd still kind of try and opt if, if there was one available to, to go in the water. And so to have that taken away, I, yeah. you know, all of a sudden things felt a little bit limited. And I know I hadn't been anti having the epidural really. It just wasn't mm. necessarily a part. It was it was there in the background if I needed needed it. And so yeah. when we chatted it through, yeah. um, you know, and you really just don't know at that point how how quick it's going to come on, how you're going to respond to it, how you're going to feel about it. So, um, yeah, I did. I I went with the epidural, um, which I I had, and they they hit, which was all fine. They hit hit a little nerve in my back. I remember that, and Pete almost passed out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which. Uh, from your facial expression yeah exactly from my facial expression I think he looked at me and it felt but it made him feel really weird because it was almost like a sciatic nerve but it was Mm. all very quickly uh resolved it was you know it was absolutely fine the guy just pulled the the epidural back ever so slightly and then it it was absolutely released and yeah from that moment on we we watched a bit of um Mary Berry um on the on the laptop and it, it was all very very relaxed and chilled to be honest and I could see the contractions coming obviously I couldn't I couldn't feel anything I could feel I was still able so I had a walking epidural which means that Mm. you can go to the toilet you are attached to all your wires and cables and everything else that you're go you're walking with and they have to check every time you get up they check your leg strength Mm -hmm. okay so they but you were totally mobile weren't you which when Lex told me I was amazed because yeah when when I had an epidural when I had to transfer in from my home birth and like you Charlie I was in the water at home and I loved it but when I had to transfer in I was about eight centimeters but I'd stopped dilating I'd stopped contracting so I had to have the Sinto and I was like nope and now I'm, I'm in a mood I want an epidural I'm tired I haven't got my yeah. water anymore but mine was completely immobile and actually I didn't really like it very much because I could not feel my legs at all so I would have loved you could actually walk to the loo couldn't you yes so I could yeah I, incredible I could, you mean I mean wait they mm. do check you and you are yeah. you are numb in areas so like I yeah. could to be honest with you you know I could feel it down below when I'd have a contraction mm. I could feel that pressure still mm. in that area not particularly in my stomach or my you know or in my pelvic area but um you know <laughs> where the baby was essentially yeah um, mm. and so I could feel that pressure as it was coming. And then I think it was about halfway through because they would say, right, every 20 minutes you can top up. And about halfway through, um, I went to go to the toilet and they put pressure on my legs. And at that point, I, yeah. my thighs were starting to feel a bit numb. So at that uh-huh. point, it was like if I wanted to de- decrease it, I had to yeah. stop topping myself up in order mm-hmm. to start. And at that, that they kind of, you know, with the Sinto, it's also, yeah. I mean, to a certain degree, 
they're, they're laying out their pathway of where like timing should be and obviously it is yeah. a response from your body but at the same time they're kind of guiding you to a certain point of time really yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I think at that point where I started to feel slightly numb I laid off of it and I and I think it was like four or five hours that you know I, I was essentially having contractions through the Sinto which I couldn't you know massively feel I laid off on the epidural and then they said to me you have to wait two hours now I didn't realize that part um mm-hmm. the waiting yeah. for two hours because I had a lip on my cervix is it Lex is that what yeah. they, they call it so I was nine and a half centimeters dilated and they wanted to really wait for the baby to to drop down to give me a fighting chance to try and push her out yeah. also for the the you know <clears throat> with the ejection the uterus pushing down bearing down and getting the baby born with the epidural because there's slightly less sensation the lower 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 deep position a baby can be in the in the pelvis once you do start um going with the pushing definitely can be beneficial so with epidurals they'll tend to say for for one to two hours after uh, it's fully dilated yeah i don't think they talk about that that much do they they don't and actually i remember um quite early on in my doulaing actually we had a hilarious one where one of my ladies had an epidural and they said okay you're fully we're going to give you an hour for descent and she said okay fine so she just she said I'm going to sleep some more so I've got some energy to push the baby out and uh the midwife was kind of checking and baby was decelling a little bit so they were a little bit concerned because mm. she had been on Sinto and so they she said I'm going to call the doctor in just to have a little look and we said okay and I think it had been 15 minutes since she'd been said fully and they were going to give an hour for descent and the doctor came in and just said oh I'm just going to have a little look and as he kind of sort of opened her legs the head just popped out I mean it came out so fast (laughs) it was like a proper ejection reflex and uh, he was like oh well that's why the baby was decelling it was you know trying to get out through closed legs basically (laughs) it was a total shock so yeah sometimes they can still surprise us definitely all of a sudden it just started yeah. to happen and I could feel that even though I had the epidural mm. I could still have that feeling of needing to yeah. bear down and needing Brilliant. to push and that's that's the clever thing about these mobile epidurals and these yeah. low dose epidurals is that women say they get that sensation so they can work with their bodies as they're bearing mm. down they can feel that sort of pressure that that um, ejection type of a response from the body and that's brilliant because obviously one of the issues with the epidurals is you lose the sensation and can't work with what your body's doing they've come a long long way over the years epidurals and and it's so clever charlie what they're able to do these days yeah and it's 100 percent true what they say because i I definitely had that feeling of Mm. i need i need to go to the bathroom now and they were like yeah no lovely you're just having a baby (laughs) yeah so you felt that that. feels like yeah 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 and uh yeah and so we we kind of went through those motions that I have to say for me because obviously I couldn't feel a lot to that point uh the bearing back down a bit for two hours and not trying not to push because they Mm. said to me look if you need to push go with it but ultimately we're trying to kind of give you more time for 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 the the baby to to come down a, a little bit more before we we crack on pushing that felt the longest part for me really that the the need to push and not really being meant you know not not really being allowed to push not I feel like that makes it sound like a strict thing it wasn't a strict thing yeah I wasn't gonna you know no one was gonna tell me off if I started to push (laughs) I'm sure but yeah it was that I I shouldn't I should wait for a bit and and I desperately wanted to so I I, going with that felt you know more uncomfortable I guess yeah and then I guess coming through to the, the pushing stage so we came through um, <laughs> we came through to the pushing stage. Pete says that apparently all, you know, 
<laughs> the veins popped out of my head but frankly i was pushing a baby out so of course you, they did it's hard work you're giving it's it really hard work <laughs> yeah and uh you know and uh, genuinely at that point it's a it's a, a strange feeling really mm. i didn't I, I didn't think it was painful it was just a lot you know it was a lot of exertion mm. of mm, you know yeah. as they were coming and as they were telling me right right push 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 and you'd go through those and they felt quite long those like keep mm. on pushing keep on pushing and then it would be like and just rest and then it would be like, and go again. And you'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. Um, so yeah, physically on that, but not not for me. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel that it feel painful. And I knew at one point or other, they were, there was a point where I could, it was a weird out of body type of thing. I could hear and tune into different conversations that were happening. And at one point I heard the midwife say to, like, to the other head midwife, we might need to get the doctor in. And I don't know what was going on in that mm. conversation at that point. I think I'd been pushing for around an hour at that point and whether they wanted to get baby out. And so, and there'd been a, a couple of times when I was squatting, they'd put a clip, hadn't they, Lex? They'd put a yes, clip uh, right. for the baby's heartbeat to check heartbeat and they were kept on, the band around my waist kept on slipping where they were monitoring it and it was engaging with my heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, see. so they kept on, that, that kept on happening. So I heard that type of conversation happening and I just thought, no, I've got to get her out. I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I actively remember kind of having a word in my head, mm. quite you know, like mm. silently with myself, and thinking I've got to get her out. I've got to get her out now. And to the point that when they said just before the baby's head was going to come out, they said, "And just take a moment." I just carried on pushing. I just <laughs> the moment. I just pushed straight through it. <laughs> oh, darling. <laughs> Probably in hindsight, should have waited. <laughs> and then out she came. Out she came. Oh, lovely. And how long did you stay in the hospital at that point before you went back home again with your baby? I mean, we were in there for we were up in the labour ward. Mm-hmm. I guess there was things to be done. We I had a, a, a second second degree tear, so I had mm-hmm. to get some stitches and just uh, there was various different midwives going on breaks and things. So we ended up. Um, we we were up there for most of the morning, and then Pete left, oh, lovely. and and then I went downstairs to, to the postnatal ward, and really that that time just seemed to fly by. Mm. So it was quite a strange time at that point. Goes in a very weird way, doesn't it? It just uh, it really so does. The rest of the day, the day went, and we were home by nine o'clock that night. Oh, lovely, fantastic. So Charlie, we know it's not been easy for new parents, obviously, of late, because again, a lot of the classes are online or not not happening at all is there anything that you've been able to do to kind of meet up with other mums or to support yourself a little bit in the postnatal period I think obviously um, Zoom's playing a massive part with Mm. friends and families and that's been massive and uh, we've done lockdown babies which has yes. been, you know, park walk, which has been an amazing opportunity for new mums to come together. And although we can't be inside with one another and we have to keep our distance, um, mm. it was an opportunity to get outside and get the babies to sleep and walk and chat with new mums. So that's been great. Mm. And obviously get your, your um, uh, expert advice on everything um, physically and mentally and all of those things. So that's been yeah. great. Just thinking there's, um, there's a, also a Facebook group called uh, beautiful new beginnings antenatal and practical parenting courses and it's mm. all done through zoom and it's free unless you want to pay five pounds via paypal where it goes uh weekly and you can mm. get classes whenever whenever you want to tap into them but essentially it has uh, classes on weaning 
Pilates for new mums. Also has baby classes like baby yoga, tummy time classes, which has been actually um, amazing. And for people out there that, you know, might be going through really difficult times in regards to work and jobs and everything, you know, Mm. it is a free service that's um, government funded. So that has been a really positive, positive. um, And something to just, you know, book a few things into a week that otherwise with the restrictions that have been in place feels a little bit like it's quite a long week not not seeing many people and so actually having Mm. something like that pop up at the beginning of the week and think oh I'll do some Pilates on Tuesday I'll do a sing and sign on Thursday or or whatever it might be it's just another way to tap into a community of of other new parents and that's so important yeah Yeah, what's amazing about it is that hundreds of people do that Facebook group so you don't really feel the pressure of being in a situation where you've all got to say your name and you know do whatever you just kind of if your baby's having a meltdown because needs feeding or is tired or it's nap time or whatever you can literally just log out or close your laptop down and you don't actually have to say anything because no one's going to notice really silver lining (laughs) you can slip out and no one will know um, bye yeah. exactly. <laughs> the baby's they, lost been, the plot <laughs> so they, they, those those have been absolutely amazing and I think that uh, friends that I've recommended it to have really enjoyed enjoyed the classes as have their babies um, especially the uh, the baby yoga gets the babies really laughing and giggling and smiling so oh, that's nice oh, very sweet yeah. Charlie finally we always ask our guests the same question if you were to add your best bit of advice and pop it on a mother box headed out to a brand new parent what would it say recently a friend of mine said in the first year just really really try not to beat yourself up and I think Mm. that really has resonated especially during like the pandemic I think it's like for for parents in general really um Mm. rather you know regardless if they're new parents or not I think it's Mm. just that uh that that feeling of I think we all do it we're all our own worst critics when it comes to um being the best that we can be and when we feel like we're letting ourselves down Mm. um especially you know in these times that are incredibly emotion emotional yeah yeah um it's tough it's really tough and so I think that kind of resonated with me that I have to check in with myself and be kind to myself and know that I'm giving it all that I have because obviously there yeah. are there are times of being a new mum where where it's tough and it's 24 hours and and it's yeah. and it's a it's a huge shock to the system and I think it's some absolutely you know there's awesome beautiful moments and don't get caught up in the moments that are really tough and hard mm. um and certainly don't beat yourself up oh, that's really say. lovely that's darling a very very good advice thank you so much for coming on today Charlie it's been so lovely having you Well, thank you both for everything (laughs) thanks once again to Charlie for sharing her story so honestly with us if you enjoyed this episode and want to know more about the work that we do look out for our books The Little Book of Self-Care for New Mums and The Little Book of Self-Care for Mums to Be where we will talk further about birth parenthood relationships and much more we've really enjoyed this episode We're sure that you will have your own stories of your bubbers and their love for our partner this season, Sophie Le Giraffe, and we would love for you to share them with us. Send us your photos and your stories to our Instagram at Notes from the Motherbox. And don't forget to tag at Sophie Le Giraffe UK on Facebook and Instagram to share your pics with her too. Join us again next week for more chats with another amazing guest. See you next time on Notes from the Motherbox. Thank you. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.